Congratulations, you've made it to the honor roll. I'm Chris Dunn, and I'll be introducing you to the people who make Fayette County Public Schools excellent. Our district annually ranks among the best in both the state of Georgia and nation academically, and we want to shine the spotlight on everyone who helps our students thrive. Behind every successful school day is a team of people worthy of recognition, and they each have their own story to tell. Join us as we dive in and learn about their journeys, their inspirations, and their whys on the honor roll. Welcome to the honor roll. Please introduce yourself. Uh, I'm investigator uh, David Shrupfer uh, with the Fayette County Sheriff's Office. I am assigned as the SRO for Whitewater High School. Thanks for being here. And let's just go ahead and jump in and tell us a little bit about your early life, where you grew up, went to school, all that. Okay. Uh, born and raised in Riverdale. Uh, went to Church Street Elementary. Um, Point South Junior High. Then went to Riverdale High School. The summer between my junior and senior year, my parents moved us to Coweta County, and I ended up graduating from East Coweta my senior year. Uh, from there, I went to Georgia Southern University, uh, transferred from West um, from Georgia Southern to West Georgia. So. And so when did you become interested in a law enforcement career? So I started off as an education major. Okay. So wanted to wanted to be a, a school teacher and then realized uh, I don't think that was going to work out quite well for me. <laughs> so law enforcement, I got the opportunity to go to uh, the academy in 1998. So I dropped out of college, big mistake. <laughs> Probably should have finished that, but uh, dropped out of college to go to go to the uh, the academy. Went to uh, DeKalb County's academy, uh, six months long. Graduated from the academy, worked for DeKalb County Police Department from '98 up until 2000. And then from there, I went to <clears throat> the Coweta County Sheriff's Office, where I was a patrol deputy. Left there, went to Noonan PD in 2005. Worked my way up through the ranks there, all the way up to patrol lieutenant. Um, got the opportunity to do like some really wild stuff while I was with Noonan. I uh, see patrol. I got to do <clears throat> a brief stint on the drug drug task force. Um, was on SWAT for a long time. Uh, sniper, sniper team leader. Um, the department's first crime scene investigator. So I did crime scene collect, evidence collection and stuff like that. And then was also over the evidence room. Did that for about a year, year and a half. Got promoted to detective sergeant. I was a detective for several years before transferring out of investigations back onto patrol as a patrol supervisor. I was able to take my what I learned as an investigator and apply it back on the street uh, and give it get pass that knowledge on to to the uh, the patrol guys. I uh, got promoted to patrol lieutenant and then there was a uh, a regime change. Yeah. The the chief retired, new chief came in. Uh, Views didn't match up, so yeah. it was time to move on. Yeah. 
So I came over to, uh, came over here to Fayette County. Um, matter of fact, January 31st made a year that I was, that I'm here at Fayette County. Uh, was given the opportunity to, uh, take on the SRO position. Mm -hmm. Had no intentions of being a school resource officer at all. Uh, the school resource officers for Fayette are assigned to the Criminal Investigations Division, but we fall under the section of Youth Services. Yeah. I wanted to be a detective again. Yeah. So in order for me to kind of bypass some red tape, I took the SRO position because if a detective position opened up, I could just, they could, since I was already assigned to CID, they could just transfer me from yeah. SRO over to investigations. I wouldn't have to go through all the, right. the red tape. Got over here, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> like, absolutely love it. 26 years of law enforcement. You, you get into this job thinking that you're going to change the world, mm-hmm. and you end up retiring out changed by the world. Yeah. And so, for the first time in 26 years, you actually get to see some positive stuff. Yeah. You get to make an imp- a positive impact on on some students' lives. Um, I have the opportunity to change the way students and teenagers see law enforcement officers, mm-hmm. which is a huge plus. And so now, even if a detective position were to come open, yeah. I, I, I'd stay right here where I'm at. So why, why do you think school resource officers are important? Oh, wow. Uh, first and foremost is the safety of the, of the students mm-hmm. and safety of the staff. But it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be a, a resource, not just, you know, a school security guard. Right. Um, you know, if, if a student doesn't feel comfortable talking with a school counselor or doesn't feel comfortable with a teacher or whatever, and they've got something going on at home mm-hmm. that they need some guidance or some, you know, advice on, they can come to me. Um, you know, I've, I've got students that I've got probably – 60 kids that make it a point to come up and talk to me either in the morning or at lunch or at the end of the day. Um, Some come in. I've had students come in that were just like having an emotionally really hard day. Mm -hmm. And they would just, hey, Officer Shrupp, can I come in and just decompress? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, and and I think it kind of – one of the things nice too is for all the school resource officers. I think for a lot of students, they think of a police officer and they're only going to meet them in times of need or when something's gone wrong. And it's an opportunity for them to get to see there's someone behind the badge. Like it's, right. it's a human too, and right. it's someone who cares about them. Well, so I also got the opportunity to uh, start coaching. So I coach wrestling here with uh, Coach Ross and uh, Coach Ruck, and so. I wrestled in in high school and college, um, so it was a big passion of mine. And then to be able to come back, even though it's been almost thirty years later, 
some of the same tournaments that I wrestled in coming up are still around. Yeah. Like South Metro. And uh, it's been a huge blessing because, like, students that wouldn't talk to me before the whole coaching thing mm-hmm. now come, come up to me and talk to me right. on a regular basis now. And they won't refer to me as Officer Shrepfer or Officer Shrep. It's, uh, hey, coach. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of a neat feeling. Yeah. So. And then one thing I love talking about was sports, whatever the sports is. Man, there's so many life lessons you can pull out of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with, with wrestling, it's, you know, it's it's maybe less of the, the team approach because you're not out there at the same time. But, man, it's, it's that battle of me versus somebody else. Well, and if you lose... So wrestling is one of those sports that is very humbling mm-hmm. because if you lose, you can't blame anybody else. Right. You know, if the if the team loses because of points, whatever, okay, you can you can pass that buck on to somebody else. Yeah. But your match, mm-hmm. if you go out there and you lose, that's on you. Right. You can't blame anybody else. Mm-hmm. You either didn't put in the effort, you didn't sweat hard enough, you didn't train hard enough, or you just got bested. And that's okay. And I tell I tell my guys it's it's not always about the win. Right. Okay? It's okay to lose. Mm -hmm. But you gotta lose with grace. Right. And it's what you learn from that loss. What 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 caused you to lose? Okay, did you were you not moving fast enough? Did you turn the wrong position, you know? Yeah. Uh and and learn from that. Mm-hmm. What did that person catch you in that you didn't see coming yeah. that that ended up either A getting you pinned or B uh causing you to lose points? Um and how do you, how do you apply that? in training so that it doesn't happen again. Um, And how do you pass that on to your younger wrestlers? And I think, yeah, someone that just watches wrestling match just sees, you know, physical contests and they don't realize there's, it's like a chess match really. Like, you need to know what your opponent's going to do and then there's the leverage of it and it's it's a lot more complicated than just just what you see. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and the conditioning that you got to have for wrestling mm-hmm. is unlike any anything else. You might be in good shape for football, yeah, but you're not in good shape for wrestling. Yeah, you might be in good shape for basketball, but you're not in good shape for right. wrestling. Um, you know, you may be in good shape for lacrosse, yeah, but you're not in good shape for wrestling. Yeah, you know, three two minute rounds mm-hmm. of just full on mm-hmm. you against your opponent. Is uh, pretty stressful, and I think a lot of the athletes too maybe not don't realize how how important it would be if they tried wrestling. It's so many pivotal um, physical tools that translate to oh, other yeah. sports. So, like football players could definitely benefit from mm-hmm. wrestling because like you get to read body language, mm-hmm. and when you feel someone going one way then you know to go this way. Mm-hmm. And that could really help in, like, uh, with when they're on the defensive line yeah. or, you know, whatever it is they're doing, whatever their position is in football. Right. Um, it, 
it could translate straight over. Yeah, so you, you feel them leaning right. into one, so you know to use their weight against them. Absolutely. Like with your track runners, you know, there's a lot of endurance that's necessary for, for wrestling. So like uh, cross-country runners yeah. do do pretty well. A lot of your track uh, track participants do really yeah. well. Yeah, true. So what is what is your like an average day like as a school resource officer? Well, there's not really one day that's just like the rest. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm usually here between six forty five and six fifty five in the morning. I come in, uh, I come into my office, pull up my sheriff's department computer, get logged in it, get logged into my school computer. Uh, while that's booting up, I have a little quiet time, read my Bible, yeah. do a little daily devotional, uh, kind of just have a, a me moment. And then from there, uh, all the students, when they come in before class, they're all in the cafeteria. And so I'll I'll step out of my office, go into the cafeteria, and I've, like I said, I probably have... 20 to 30 students come up want to hang out talk you know chit chat um a lot of the wrestlers will drop their wrestling backpacks off in my office so they don't have to carry them around all day um so conversate with the kids you know hang out with them for a little bit and then after the bell rings for them to head on to class i usually Make sure, make a round around the school. Make sure all the doors are locked. Yeah. Make sure all the exterior doors are locked. Um, and then it's pretty important to make sure that I'm seen mm-hmm. during class changes. Yeah, so typically do that. And then at lunch, usually with one of the administrators in the lunchroom. Uh, once again, I've got several students that come up. Yeah. We'll. Get a little worried because most of the time they don't eat because they're literally <laughs> standing up there talking to me uh, the whole lunch period, and then uh, after that's done, around three thirty-five, three forty-five, I head over to the uh, to the well where we have wrestling practice. Get it unlocked, ready to go. I take all the wrestlers' bags and take them over there. Get ready for for a good hour and a half, two hours of training. And so what, is, what do you do during the summer when school's not in? So during the summer and like, so summer, winter break, uh, Christmas break, like I still have to work. Yeah. So I don't get to follow the school's uh, mm-hmm. uh, off time. So I go back and <clears throat> this last year I was assigned to investigations. So most likely that's where I'll be yeah. uh, this time. And so uh, we touched on a little bit about, but what, what was it that made you interested in a career in law enforcement? Like, who, who would, was there someone that inspired you, or is it just something that always kind of was in the back of your mind? It was, you know, I really don't know. Uh, that's kind of a hard question. Um, so I have asthma. I couldn't go into the military because of that. My, I had a uh some issues with my lungs my senior year of high school and it caused me to go into the hospital i was going to enlist in the marine corps that didn't work out because of the whole asthma and lung situation so i wanted to do something else um 
I've always felt like I had a, a calling to serve. Mm-hmm. Whether it was at first, I thought it was to be a school teacher. Right. Um, I love history. Yeah. History is my favorite subject. Um, but then realized that I didn't quite have the patience to be a, a school teacher. Right. Um, so I figured I'd try and give back to my community an, another way. And so chose law enforcement. And, you know, when I was younger, it was, it was fun. The adrenaline, the, the whole, you know, drive fast and have a badge and whatnot, <laughs> you know. Um, but as I got older and was able to actually see that, especially once I got into investigations, seeing that, you know, uh, you're able to give families closure. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at, when you work patrol, you don't really get to see that aspect. Um, patrol is like the grunts. They they catch it all. They have to have their marriage counselors, their uh, accident reconstructionists, their therapists, their... Uh, you know, um, fighters. They've got to be there to consult people. They've got to be able to do CPR. They got to be able to render aid. They they wear so many hats, mm-hmm. um, and most of the time, patrol sees just the vile side of humanity. It's right. not very common that you get to see anything positive. And so, when they show up on a on a call, a burglary, a homicide. Um, a rape, I- anything like that. They yeah. typically see the the vile side of it. Mm-hmm. They do the report, and that's it. Then they're kind of left in limbo until it goes to court. Yeah, you know they have no idea what what the outcome is. Right. With investigations, it's kind of like putting a puzzle together, yeah. and you're gathering all the facts. And then you present those facts to the district attorney and to a grand jury. And then, you know, once that case goes to court, hopefully you get a conviction on it yeah. and allow your victim or your victim's family mm-hmm. some closure, you know, a sense of peace, a sense of, uh, you know, this is done. Mm-hmm. Some justice. Some justice, exactly. Um so that's that's what I really liked about investigations was that sense of being able to to give closure but there's a catch side to that because sometimes sometimes you, there's just you know you end up with a cold case uh, when I was with Noonan I had a couple well actually several homicides luckily most of them all but one at this point had, there's been an arrest made on all of them but one and uh, that one is is still you know sits in the back of my head I'm like you know I followed all the leads interviewed all the witnesses um, interviewed all suspects waited for toxicology reports um, you know the coroner's report all of that Mm -hmm. and 
at this point it's a cold case. There's no nowhere right. to go. So it's a it's a waiting game now. Right. Somebody at some point is going to get popped right. for something unrelated, and yeah. they're going to have knowledge, which is you know how at least two of my other cases got solved. Mm-hmm. Somebody got in trouble, and to ease their sentence, they provided information which actually right. led to the arrest of several people that for two other homicides. Yeah. So. Painful waiting game. It is a painful waiting game because, like, the family feels like you've just given up on them, but but you haven't. Right. And it sits there, and you know it takes an emotional and mental toll on on detectives. You know, because you're investing time and emotions Mm -hmm. with the family, and you've got just as much invested Mm -hmm. in this, and you're not getting any closure. And even when you're not on the clock, it's still with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's you know, it, it's not an easy job. Right. It's not an easy job. So what what advice would you give to, say, a high school student who's maybe thinking about going into law enforcement? Think long and hard about that. Yeah. Think long and hard about it. There's... Law enforcement, we have to have people. We got to have good people, mm-hmm. but make sure that you're getting into it for the right reasons. Right. You got to have a servant's heart in order to do this. Don't expect to get rich because you're not. Yeah. You know, um, and the whole saying of with power comes responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're given a lot of power. As law enforcement officers, I mean, we we have the ability to take people's rights away from them. Mm-hmm. You know, detaining somebody is you know taking a right away from them. Um, don't abuse it. Right. Don't be that rotten apple that mm-hmm. makes it bad for the rest of us. Um, you know, we're it's not our job to punish. Right. That's up to the judge and the jury to do. Yeah. You know. Our job is to gather the facts and present it to the court, you know, not to be the punisher. So um, make sure you've got a public or a servant's heart. Make sure that, you know, um, make sure that your life with with Christ is right because you never know. At the end of the day, you never know. We've lost two good officers so far this year that, you know, had other plans ahead of them, you know. Uh, one, the very next day, was supposed to be his wedding anniversary and uh, left behind a, a wife and, yeah. and and daughters. And it just, you know. So you got to make sure that, you know, your life is right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the last question we'd like to ask everybody, we've touched on it a bit, but what is your why? My why. My why is to be a better Christ follower, to be a better example, to be a mentor, a better husband, father, um, 
better officer, yeah. a better resource, better coach. Yeah. Pretty much, that pretty much sums it up. Say, the protecting and serving goes beyond when the badge is on. Oh yeah, that the badge never comes off. Right. It, it never comes off. I mean. You know, going to church on Sundays, you're all, you, you know, you think a backseat Baptist, but for, for me, I'm sitting in the back because I'm not, not because I'm a backseat Baptist, but because I'm keeping an eye on everybody. You know, if if that wolf decides to come knocking at the door, I want to be ready. Right. Um, same thing here in the school. Mm-hmm. If, the, if that wolf comes knocking on the door here at the school, right. I'm... Unless I'm dead, I'm not going to let anything happen to these kids. Right. It's not going to happen. Not on my watch. Yeah. Period. Um, wherever I'm at, right. I'm I'm going to make sure that the innocent are safe. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. Absolutely. I've enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. This has been an official podcast of Fayette County Public Schools. For more stories from our district, visit us online at fcboe.org, where you can also find links to our social media channels. If you know someone you would like to see featured on a future episode, email us at dunn.chris at fcboe.org. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for joining us on the honor roll. Class dismissed.